Okay. So I recognize a bunch of faces, uh, some that I see at a lot of events, but some of you I have seen at at least one previous event. Would you raise your hand if you attended at least one floodology event before? Wow. Okay, so I would like to honor you showing up again because I want to go deeper. I've, got, I've had a chance to get some feedback from folks, and one of the things was it's too fast. It's just too much too fast. So I've reorganized some things, added some things. I have a whole nother presentation, about 80 slides that we're, we'll see if it fits in sometime in the future. Um, uh, about development and growth that's coming to Houston and what the city is doing to help things grow. Specifically tonight, as Hector said, the intent is to go deeper. The intent is to look at how to use these tools. So let's go. So you, we all know Becky's, it's Becky's fault that we're doing this, right? Yeah. So. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful that you expressed that to Becky warmly. Again, I'm just a parrot. The, the reality is, as a messenger, you guys could have found a lot of these things, they're, they're public data, and you could have researched them yourself. So I'm, I'm not standing here as someone special, I'm standing here as a parrot. So uh, I've been plucked of my feathers, but um, so, one of the quotes I used is that money is made through the law, uh, through the knowledge of law and taxes. Guys, change creates opportunity. Change also can run over us in investment if we do not adjust to what has taken place. I'm going to challenge each of you tonight wholesaler, flipper, buy and hold private lender. I'm, I'd, I'd like to ask you when you get done with the presentation tonight, and actually some of you as you've processed this more than once, I need to ask you why you would not change your practices, your business practices. The intent behind this is to help you prosper and to prevent you from taking a hit, a good large hit. So laws change, right? And then the money changes because the law changes, right? When the money changes, it begins to affect the market. And when the market changes, it ripples for some time to come. Some of what I've done is I've arranged the slides in a way different than before. And my intent is that you would begin to see some of the cause and effect that's ahead you would recognize, oh, when this happens, it's gonna cause this and this to happen. That's, that should um, hopefully serve as a motivator. So a big, quick overview. I, had, I told you before I had seven slides that if you caught those seven slides, you would get the gist of it. This is one of those slides. So flood insurance was required for 100 anything below a hundred foot floodplain plus one foot top of slab. But the hundred foot is gone. We now require a 500 year plus 
two feet. That's a significant difference. Uh, that could be three and a half, four and a half feet difference in our community. That's pretty tough to do on flat land. So part of what our city has acknowledged is that rainfall patterns are changing. Have we not noticed it if we lived here a while? Have we not noticed some rainfall patterns that are significantly different? Look at it in the Northeast. So our estimates as to what we would be dealing with versus reality are entirely different. If you look at the red column, those are the standards for the 100-year and the 500-year, those two columns, 12-hour and 24-hour. But Harvey actually, as we know, ended up with an annual rainfall in four days. That's a big difference. And from an engineering standpoint, that's very difficult to deal with. It's affecting what's happening with subdivision development. It's affecting um, the standards that the city has to impose. And why do they have to impose that? Money came from FEMA for a lot of people, right? So they understand that in the future, the only bucket of money that's probably going to be available to help Houstonians is FEMA. So they must bow to the standards required. It is not a place to throw a tantrum and, uh, and buck that system because in the future, we're gonna need their help. So it, you can expect, I'm gonna talk about this, we have new floodplain maps coming. But one of the things you're gonna find out is that the maps we have were incorrect in many places. What you're gonna find is so many properties that were supposedly out of the floodplain flooded. My wife and I flooded three times in two different properties outside of the floodplain. I ended up almost two years on a walker in a wheelchair after throwing my furniture away. So I understand this a little bit from the inside of the effects. Um, Next thing, flood insurance rates used to be pretty mild. Get ready, folks, because they're not going to be mild again. Uh, in fact, the new standard, which begins next month, they will publish the rates. In October, the first rates will manifest. Those rates will be as high as $9,500 a year per property. That's 800 bucks a month. And what you're gonna find when you study the maps and look, it's gonna be in a lot of places where people cannot afford that. The ripple effect, the first ripple effect I'm gonna tell you is it's going to affect some neighborhoods. It's gonna cause some neighborhoods to be, uh, to use Jim's uh, term, radioactive. And uh, I, I, I happen to agree that it's, going to cause in this day of social media. We, we, we all know that uh, when the rumor mill start, starts, is the rumor mill accurate? Tends to be not accurate, right? Well, my concern is there's going to be some subdivisions that are going to be affected negatively by the rumor mill. 
And that's going to infect people's property values. So I challenged in the last meeting, please use the tools you'll see, check property, your own properties, properties of your family and your friends, please help them because this isn't going to happen that I know of on TV. There's not going to be uh, any, any broadcasting. So we're going to have to spread it. Um, and it's frankly, it, from the city standpoint, it's too complicated. So I, I'm grateful for those of you who have come to learn. So these are the flood elevations. The first column there is anything that's four foot below the 500 year floodplain plus two. That's a lot of properties, folks. That's a lot of properties. So we have a lot of neighborhoods that are under 240, 250, right? Those people are in those neighborhoods because that's what they could afford. You add $800 a month and you've potentially driven them from their house. So that might mean foreclosures. But wholesalers and flippers, those might not be foreclosures that you would like to go buy. In fact, you might think it's the greatest deal you've ever heard of, except you remembered and you came here and decided to check things out. So even at the low end, we're still in the 400s. And government has a pattern, right? They call it the camel's nose under the tent. They, he sticks his nose under the edge of the tent and we have a starting place and then things increase from there. FEMA, our government paid out an awful lot of money and they've got to fill that bucket back up again. Not just for Houstonians, but for the stuff that's been happening all over the country. And look, you saw the increases going on in the, in the Northeast. Um, what did I do? Okay, so in the past, salty veteran rehabbers would buy a house, particularly if the ARV was going to be under 225, they would buy a house, fix it up, and they would put it back on the market. And if it was under 225 and it's shiny and it's got the new floors and it makes mama's eyes twinkle, all of that becomes a positive for flipping that house. But I suggest to you cause and effect. Again, I go back to neighborhoods that will become radioactive. And you're gonna find out that there are a lot of disclosures that are going to cause people to pause. And then I would add to that further, beginning probably later this month, certainly by next month, this is gonna be a topic of conversation in the Houston Chronicle and on the six o'clock news for some of our local stations. You can expect that's going to happen. And then you don't have to imagine, you don't have to extrapolate much to think about where that goes and how that may affect values in neighborhoods. So if you're a flipper, and this information becomes public, which it's going to, 
Who's your buyer for that house? Maybe a developer. Yes, I agree with you. Maybe a developer. That's a whole nother thought, but yes. There's, that's a whole nother slide deck. So, if you look here, citywide, we had just under 150,000 properties, but over 90,000 of those were outside the floodplain, as the maps read now, right? Stay tuned, folks. The maps are going to change again. So this year, we're going to get insurance rates, but they're going to change again because the maps are in process right now. Look at 500-year, 28,459 properties. Does that tell you that our maps might not be accurate? You're going to find out in a minute that... Um, the reality is we have about 2,500 miles of streams and creeks and bios and all of that, half of which have never been mapped. So I'm ahead of myself in my own slide. So understand the status of properties as they stand now are going to change. So if you're an investor, you need to see ahead of that as to what might happen, not just with that one single house, but the neighborhood in which it sits when the maps change again. So in the past, investors paid low prices and they rehabbed them and they said, I won't flip it now. I'm just going to do a, a rental. Go ahead. The question is, when these maps come out, have they decided how they're going to roll them out? Obviously, uh, if they bring Bel Air out, it's going to tank. If they bring Kingwood out, it's going to tank. And those are both going to be in there. Uh, I have a slide in a minute that's going to show you uh, the timeline for the maps. Um, obviously, all of this is... I mean, I was taught, one of my mentors taught me that an ugly truth was better than a sweet lie. And uh, frankly, we've been living under a bunch of sweet lies. Uh, our mapping hasn't been accurate. So um, the rollout from a marketing standpoint, I have not seen any data on that. I think they're going to have an obligation to basically, if you will, download to our community in mass. That's my understanding. So it will have an impact when it rolls out. So again, I go back to you who buy and hold. Some of you who buy and hold and have properties now that you're making 400 a month on, you need to look and see, please look and see if you're not going to end up 400 a month negative because of your insurance. And if you got buddies that fix and flip, please warn them as well. Let, let, let's prosper in our real estate community. Let's, let's, let's uh, avoid it, if you will. 
So this is the map. This is what I told you that I was going to share with you. Um, this is the timeline for introducing the new flood insurance rate maps. This is the timeline for it. So we captured that. Just understand what, just as soon as you thought it was settled and everything was okay, understand it's going to change again. And you will have access to, to all this information. So like, just let us know. You, yeah, you're, you're welcome to take pictures. It's not a problem. You're welcome to take pictures, but yes, we'll make the slide deck available. The, the, the intent behind this is not to withhold information. The intent is to empower our investment community to do better, to prosper. That's the intent. So, seller's disclosures. We're not going to be able to say as sellers, oh, I didn't know that. I, I just bought a house to flip. I, 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 I didn't know. We're not going to be able to do that because we're now required as of September 1 of last year, we're now required to do, if you'll look in pink there, see at the bottom and then see all of that and then see all of that at the top. Those are all changes in the seller's disclosure per the Texas property code for all of Texas, but certainly it affects our market. And um, if you look at that, I encourage you to look at the new seller's disclosure. And if you're a flipper, if you're a buy and hold, I want you to read that with the idea in mind of how will I fill this out when I go to sell the property? it might cause you to not buy the property. Are we not taught as investors to look for as many exits as possible before we ever enter in? So I submit to you, this could be by metaphor, the equivalent of fire at the exit and uh, might be tough to walk through. Another thing here in the Katy area, um, the public awareness is going to increase about what we call flood pools. Those are the subdivisions that were developed, many of them along Fry Road, that uh, are at the George Bush Reservoir. So if you read the fine print in the MUD documents, it would indicate that perhaps those subdivisions should not have been built. Um, there's lawsuits in process right now concerning this topic. And I suggest to you that again, in targeting locations for your investment, this is probably going to have an impact on those properties. And I have friends that live in some of those subdivisions. Um, so I'm not wishing this on anybody. It, it is again, cause and effect. It's dominoes being put in motion and frankly, what I'm reporting to you is dominoes that have already been struck and they're already motion. You will, we're, we're out ahead of it in terms of the general public, but we're not out ahead of it in terms of when it triggered and when it started. This is our map next. This is state of the art mapping that's being done for 
uh, Harris County. And it will be the model probably maybe, I, I hope I'm not embellishing, but I, I believe it'll be a model for the rest of the United States and might carry to, I, I believe the company's gonna be hopeful that it'll be a world uh, class kind of a structure. Um, what's represented is we're not gonna be inaccurate, we're gonna be very accurate. And um, we'll talk about elevation certificates in a minute. So a lot of guys I know that rehab pretty much did not pay attention to city permits. Eh, I'm not gonna mess with that, right? I'm, I'm, I'm just fixing the house. I'm, I'm gonna fix it up nice. Um, and a lot of other excuses that, um, that we've probably all heard. What the city is now requiring, not the county, but the city, the 669 square miles of the city is requiring that permits be closed. So if you're the buyer of that property and those permits are not closed prior to you buying it, you're accepting the responsibility for what the city now wants for those permits. So, all of it, electrical, roofing, siding, driveways, on and on and on, all of it. So the city has made the statement in-house and they repeat it and that's that they don't want anybody else, they don't want anybody to die. They want somebody's kid to be lost and they can't pretend that it's not gonna rain more and they can't pretend that there's not gonna be more development in the north part of Houston. And they can't pretend that the new development to the north is not going to affect things downhill. Cause it's all going to Galveston, isn't it? It's all going to Galveston. And it all goes by different paths, but their written commitment is to keep our citizens safe. So I'm not an attorney. I'm not an ambulance chaser, but I do recognize some risk to the city that if they don't take real steps to keep the citizens of, of Houston safe, I think they're liable. They're, they're going to find themselves in a very awkward place, and I don't want to have that happen. I think our money could be spent more constructively. So permitting. Permitting's been required for a while. If you will notice, we had 149,576 structures citywide, but only 5,202 permits were issued and only 1,991 were finalized. That's a bunch of unpermitted work, guys. May have been great quality, uh, the people who did it may have done it with a clear conscience as to the quality. They, they would have been willing to have their grandmother move into that place because of the quality of the work they did. But I want you to be aware of some traps, some liability. I, I want you to avoid those traps. Um, I don't want you to be snared. 
So city permits, again, I've been in real estate 43 years uh, next month, and um, permits have not been a big deal in negotiations on the purchase of property. But the brokers today are actually being taught to leverage paragraph 7F, which I'm about to show you guys in the one to four family contract. And they're doing this, oh, you represented that the permits were done. You, you represented that you didn't do any unpermitted work. So the day before closing, they present a series of documents that are readily available through the city to document the amount of work that has been done that was not permitted or they never closed the permits. So what's going on is there's negotiations taking place 24 hours before the closing where the buyer says, um, we don't know what all this is gonna cost us. This is an unknown. We think a reasonable number is $12,000. Uh, oh, we'll negotiate it to 10,000 off the price the day before closing. I don't want any of you to get caught in that at all. Um, I'm gonna show you uh, section eight on the seller's disclosure. So permits, this is right off the city's permitting department. Seller must obtain all required permits for repairs. So here you are the buyer. If the seller has not closed out those permits, you now become responsible. So are you gonna have leverage with the plumber that the seller dealt with a year ago? Yep. Probably not, right? And what if that plumber's not in business anymore? That's an ugly scenario. Even the seller may find himself in a situation or herself where the plumber is gone. She has to reopen a new permit and start the process again and take it all the way through to closing. Approval, yes. Is there any... Where do you find the permits that have been pulled for that property? Online or do you have to- You're very good. You're just a few slides ahead. Your brain is working. Good for you. So paragraph 7F, if you will look up there, uh, this is the disclosure, the seller's disclosure. And if you'll look at section eight there, I'm just gonna walk over off screen right here room additions structural modifications or other alterations or repairs made without necessary permits with unresolved permits or not in compliance with building codes in effect at the time sellers got to answer that yes or no so what's going on is people are answering this no only to be found out that they didn't tell the truth or honestly, uh, they may have uh, uh, flipped the house or only had the house for a year. They might not, they might be totally ignorant of it. But the law doesn't treat ignorance very favorably. 
So this is uh, a form that I would suggest. This is a Houston Association of Realtors form that might be a good part of your package when you do a contract to sell your property or even to acquire the property in terms of notice about the regulations. So another shifts and changes. In the past, we did surveys. We didn't do elevation certificates. Why would you do an elevate? Why would you pay the money? Okay. Now you might want to use an elevation certificate to renegotiate with your insurance carrier to be able to use the survey company's seal to counteract the false maps and to be able to demonstrate to the insurance company that you've got the truth and they do not have the truth. And that might affect your rate. This kind of stuff may become a niche for some fines. Um, I suggest that for all of us in the city of Houston, in Harris County, and as the surrounding counties imitate the city of Houston and Harris County, we've, we've watched it happen. My suggestion is that we should make it a pattern, a, a, just part of our acquisition system, that we're going to get a survey and an elevation certificate. The other thing we might view that is as a marketing tool. Okay. Um, I would not want to loan on a property unless I knew that I knew and had the documentation third party to prove that it was out of the soup. So this is uh, elevation certificates. I won't go too far in the weeds here, but uh, if you look at the circle there, that's you, you're going to want the identification of the 500 year plus two. I happen to favor that company. I'm not advertising for them, but I, they do good work. Um, the other thing is th this is your elevation certificate. So you want to start having this in your package. Now, obviously, if you're out on the perimeter, I, I live out in Sealy. I'm, I'm in Austin County. It's not the only place that I'm involved in from a real estate standpoint, but I, I'm not worried about this at this time. So um, the floodplain management office is who sets the standards. So if you want to know who's writing the rules, this is the local rule maker. And these are the ones who are going to provide standards to our survey companies. So if your survey company has question about this, I, I actually had one recently that I asked the surveyor about and I discussed this and he knew nothing about it. He knew nothing about it. Um, another shift. So it's easy to have a kitchen fire, right? Anybody can have hail damage in our community. But here's another cause and effect that might ripple here. We could find ourselves being affected in terms of being able to obtain our permits, our gas and water connections without raising our slab 
to 500 feet plus two. And this becomes the avenue to do that. So the city gets into this for cumulative, that's a great word, isn't it? it ties my tongue up. Cumulative $10,000. It's the city only, that's correct. That's correct, Mike. So I'm gonna get into something else called substantial improvements. And this is where we go beyond 10,000. 10,000 is the trigger. It's the identifier. It's what the city uses to wake up the system. So substantial damage. Substantial damage is 50% of the market value of the structure. The market value is not based on the land. It's based on the improvements. Folks, Harris County Appraisal District, I'm not throwing rocks at them, I'm just reporting. You got a house out there that might be worth $330,000. And they have assessed 30,000 for the improvements and 300,000 for the land. So when you go to $15,001, you now face what's called substantial improvements. So substantial damage is a really key trigger. Aren't we as rehabbers, aren't we renovating substantial damage on many properties? This is, a, a lot of people consider and have been taught for years that that's a real fine. But I'm going to suggest to you when we get into the tools later that one of your pilot's checklist is going to be to check HCAD, if that applies, that you check HCAD and see what they show for the improvements, not the lot and how that might affect you in terms of permitting. By the way, de demolition is included in that and market value could also be done by an appraisal, not by the city, but the city is typically lower, right? Or every, every one of us would be down there in line protesting. So the, this, the HCAD valuation is typically less. So, Again, permits, this is stuff that's already in place. It's not gonna be. These are where you would find uh, uh, the different ordinances that are related. And what we're doing is being a resource to each other and our peers. And what we're doing is being involved in creating real value for the ongoing future instead of financial destruction that ends up in the news all over the place. Do any of us want that? I don't want that reputation for Houston. I would rather uh, respect all the effort that's been put together to create the new standards. And I would rather implement and help people not be hurt in the future because of something I was involved in. Um, the city has a lot of 
amazing information. Um, these are the top 10 service requests. But for some of you who find lots, did you know that there's a report when the grass is up too high? So maybe that might be an out-of-state owner. That might be somebody who isn't as interested in their property anymore. Don't we look for distressed sellers and distressed properties? Isn't that a fundamental that we're taught? Anybody ever seen that one before? Anybody? No? Ed, that's because he talked to me. <laughs> we had this discussion. So Houston 311, guys. Um, this is an incredible tool. If you don't have it, it's available for your phone as an app. It documents all this stuff. The city is using heat maps. Um, Todd, would you come put up the... The Houston, uh, the city of Houston, our um, elected officials are using the heat maps to allocate dollars. So what's going on is civic associations, homeowners associations that make noise about the pothole and the, this situation and that situation money is being allocated to those communities. And the ones who are not making noise, you can follow it, they don't get the money. So it's the old squeaky wheel gets the grease. What's interesting about this is you can use the heat maps, uh, go ahead and open it up all the way. Yeah, this is, this is it's not cooperating. Okay, so we need to go back because we're not where the heat maps are. They were right up, they were right on that previous page. Okay. So we can just use this one right here. Every one of these has an identifier. Oh, that one says no information. Sure enough, the one I picked, the one I picked had to be that. So here we go. This goes through and tells us exactly what's going on with that particular situation. So if you're studying an area, if you're studying a subdivision to go after, this might be a tool to let you know what's going on if you don't live there. Might give you some clues. Can we go back to the slides? Thanks, Tom. Yep. Uh, it's got to be the other one. Because we're deeper. There we are. Yeah. Would you put it on presentation mode? Should be over to the right. It's 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 like a it's like a screen. Yeah. As soon as I get the mouse to cooperate. Bingo. So it lags a little bit, and I'm going to apologize in advance about this. So. We already talked about this, that we've got to disclose. 
understand that we have to disclose on the seller's disclosure the work that we do. In the past, I agree, it was not attended to, but they've made it public and clear because they don't want anybody to die and because they know there's an awful lot of people moving here and they know there's gonna be more rain and they know that more people downhill are gonna be affected by that. The only way they know to push back is to begin with this is part of their process. And I can't say if I sat in a room, I, I don't know that, I certainly don't know that I could have contributed anything better to what they're doing. Um, here's what is required. And if you notice in the red, we have to answer on the seller's disclosure. So the items on the right are required. Many of us as rehabbers, renovators, many have done this without permits. Would you agree? I don't want you to tell on yourself. So HoustonPermittingCenter.org is going to be a tool for you for more than one reason, not just for getting your permits, but for affecting your choices in your purchases. Um, we'll go deeper in this in a minute. This is the tool that we used. I'm going to demonstrate this in a minute with Todd's help. We're going to look at actual permitting on a property. And then when you see some things that might give you some clues, I'm going to show you where you email to request for the full package for the last three years. That's what's required. So um, data can be really helpful if it's handled well. So on this particular website from the permitting department, you can plug in the job address or the buyer's name or whatever for the property that you're anticipating purchasing. And this is where you begin the search. And again, we'll demonstrate this in a minute. So here's an example of uh, a particular project and the variety of work that was done on that particular property. So some other pitfalls. Sidewalks have been four foot requirement all my career. In the city of Houston, they're now five, period. There's no appeal. Uh, culverts. Uh, to meet current uh, stormwater runoff standards, uh, they have to go to 24 inches. So when you go to get the driveway permit, just understand you'll have to pull up that 18-inch culvert and replace it with a 24. So if I was a lender, I might want to see that in the budget. I have a question. Yes. For the sidewalk, is that just it? The sidewalk on the street or for like properties that sidewalk at the street public right away okay yeah cool yeah what you do up on your own lot you can hopscotch if you want and do little <laughs> little papers that is correct that is correct 
but they're going to eventually get those other neighbors as well. And that's their plan. They recognize they can't do this overnight. So they got to begin somewhere. Don't you know that? They're going to go around them. They're going to split them. They're going to do, uh, they're going to create visual interest, right? Um, <coughs> if you're a flipper, this is 95 bucks to get that final certificate of compliance. You might consider this as well spent $95 in your marketing. It becomes an attachment to your listing. Could be well spent 95 bucks. Especially you got a buyer coming here and they're reading social media. I mean, this stuff is going to get, it's going to be in social media. And I have to say that if it's anything like other things I've seen in my lifetime, a lot of it is not going to be reported very accurately. And so it's going to maybe have a dampening effect or a cautioning effect on buyers. So I'm just suggesting this is one more tool to cause the, bow, the buyer to say yes and amen. I'm, this is, I'm going to do this property. Elevation certificate is another one of those pieces. Um, multifamily. I know some people in this room that are involved in this. When you go to three units or more in the city of Houston, you come under the multifamily or, or, uh, ordinance. And I'm going to suggest to you that you look that up if you already own property, that you look that up because it is much more onerous than rent, doing a buy and hold on a duplex or a buy and hold on a single family. Many of us have been taught, I mean, I learned uh, at one time I managed 130 single family homes. I, I didn't have the courage that Troy does. I don't know where Troy is, but um, I didn't like having to go to that many locations to deal with problems. Um, I like my roofs together and my lawn care in one place. So a lot of people teach that. And a lot of people feel like I graduated from single family and I'm, I want to do multifamily. And what I'm suggesting to you is where we can get hurt. I have family members investing in multifamily, but it's not a large scale. It's not a 50, 100, 250 unit project little different rules. A lot of people are not expecting the rules that are here for three units, four units, five units. Yeah, Ed? I have a duplex, two units. Doesn't apply. The city is telling me, did you call multifamily? If you have two tax IDs, how many water meters do you have? One, now looking that, for two. Yeah. So where they get us is when we apply, they look to see how many water meters we have. And that's what triggers it. Okay. That's what it is. Yeah. Do you have, do you have the site to that? Uh, do you have the... It's multifamily.org. Yeah, but the, uh, you says chapter 10, is that uh, in the city Just go code? deeper on the site. Okay. Thank you. Yep. So... This is a certificate of compliance for a rental unit in a three unit or more. 
Many of you don't realize that in the city that it's a requirement. So, uh, got any football fans in this room? Yeah. Yeah. So, isn't there a common statement that defense wins championships? Guys, a lot of what I'm showing you is defense. It's defense you can build into your everyday processes. It's defense. Your offense is to go out there and to acquire, but I'm going to suggest that your playbook might change as to where you move the ball to. But much of this is defense. It's defense for you. If you're a wholesaler and you're trying to sell it to flippers, if you have informed flippers who know about this stuff, are they going to buy that property you found that's outside of these criteria? Probably not. Probably not. If there will be some, oh yeah. But um, the disclosure aspect might affect the future of that transaction after it closes. Um, so historic district, I'm not going to go into that. Uh, some other things about our surveys is there's some really crazy stuff in parts of our town regarding easements and building lines. You need to find out what you really own. There's a couple of developers I know of in the room. They, they might recognize that that's a, uh, a foundation to development. Uh, is establishing those lines. Um, again, I'll, I'll go on here. Right away, this is the same discussion as the sidewalk. If you notice, a lot of we, we have a lot of infill properties, right? And a lot of people put nice rocks in the public space because they don't want anybody to park on the grass that they mow and maintain that they don't actually own because it's in the public right away. The city has said they are cracking down on this for, shoe, for sure, and it also affects our real estate signs. They're not to be in the right of way. And the reality is that if you look at the bottom of this slide on the left, all of those departments are set up to write citations for this stuff. So again, defensive maneuvers. Um, all can issue citations, so beware. Um, did you know that you, that the city has permitting, they'll make you aware of who's doing permits. They'll also make you aware of those who have applied for developments permits. David Weekly comes into an area in Spring Branch, blocks up some land, and builds a bunch of $500,000 houses. Might that impact some things around it? Again, this might be used for fishing. 
for where you put your line in the water. This is, um, um, this is a resource to be used. Um, in the building business, uh, a lot of the guys that have wherewithal don't like this, but smaller builders will piggyback on the marketing dollars of bigger projects. So they'll buy the land next to them and they'll put their signs next to them. And what they're doing is that public company uh, has tremendous amounts of marketing dollars and they're driving traffic to their locations. And so the smaller builder looks for a way to ride that and get benefit from it. So you who are looking to flip in certain areas, could you not borrow that technique? I've really covered this about floodplain management. A detention has changed. Uh, the developers in the room can certainly tell us that. Um, where I wanna go with this specifically, uh, some people are being told that they gotta provide a drainage plan for their single family lot. Yeah, could be an HOA requirement. Yes, and, and it could prove to not be as much as, uh, it could be a little more than a pack of Wrigley's gum. It, it might be, it might have some zeros on it by the time you pay for that to be done. That might be an unexpected thing in your budget. And your lender is gonna to wanna to look for that to make sure you covered that base. And beware, we used to say room for a pool, right? That was a, isn't that a common thing that we see in marketing? Watch out for that one, guys. Could you imagine that you marketed room for a pool? They closed and 18 months later, they go to get their permits to put a pool and they find out that they're not allowed to, and they find out that the legislation that prevents them from doing that predates their closing. In other words, it goes back to the season when you owned the property and represented that there was room for a pool. This is defense, guys, football defense. So, Let's go into some flood-related searches. Searches. This is where we're going to start going deep. You've got, um, so somebody give me a property that you know might be in the floodplain. Give me an address. Virginia? 5040 Okay. Hang on just a second. Let him get to the page. That's not it, but you did open it, right? Or I opened it. No, you opened Walter P. Moore, I think. But where is it? Yeah, and I've noticed that it has that little drop down. Is underneath that? So maybe you move the tabs. Okay, here's what we're gonna do, guys. I wanna show you like a pilot's checklist you're looking for a property like Virginia knows about, and you're gonna start due diligence on that property. And what I'm suggesting to my peers is that the 
pilot's checklist will now look different than the way we used to do it. And that if we will do a few things on the front end, we may eliminate all the other work and we'll skip that property quickly, okay? So the intent here is to kind of show you what we're doing. So you're gonna have to put, we got, you gotta sign in, gotta put passcode. So this is an engineering firm that has mapped our region. And what this allows us to do is to plug in an address and look at that particular property and what's around it. And there'll be a legend that is gonna show us the flood elevations. And I'm trying to describe it for, with words while Todd rescues it from the computer. Yes, sir. What is that map that you showed there? It's Walter. It, it's it's actually flood dash. You got. Okay. Okay. What exactly is being shown well, that's on that not flood my map? Email. Is it the five hundred year level or what? I I eight at Yahoo. That's a lot more. It's double. I do. Wow. Richard, do you yes. want to repeat the the website? And it's actually uh, free, by the way, to sign in. They just they want you to sign in, but it's free. It doesn't. They don't charge anything. Walter P. Moore. Uh, com. I got two W. I got two W's. I got a bonus. I got a bonus today. Just sign in so you can you can put the addresses. It's free. It's free. You just have to sign okay. in. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Richard, do you know what uh, HAR is pulling up? HAR. Um, what I'm going to suggest to you, I'm I'm a broker. I'm a member of. HAR. What I'm going to suggest to you is that you cross-reference through more than one site. In other words, you don't just rely on HAR. Trust but verify, right? Remember, trust but verify. Ronald Reagan. Yeah. So the the situation is we already know we have faulty maps. We flooded lots of properties that weren't supposed to flood. Okay. So uh, let me put that in. Uh, let me remember. Bingo. Okay. So Virginia, if you'll give Todd that address again. Five zero. Four zero Mallow Street. M-A-L-L-O-W, there you go, right at the top. 
It's still coming in. There it is. Okay. Outside. Do you want to show them the so legend? Would you open the legend, Todd, over here? House is the red one right here. See the red one? So looks good. Uh, the address is in the upper corner there. Five zero, five zero four zero Mallow Street. Mallow Street. Yeah. So here's our legend. Is it for sale, Virginia? <laughs> this blue is the hundred-year floodplain. This green is what they call the two percent. It's the five hundred year. What you don't know yet is if it's two feet above the five hundred at the slab level. Okay, and then you've got other colors for uh, the floodway. So some interesting things are gonna happen. The maps, in my opinion, for what the flood stuff is going to do, they're going to expand from an insurance standpoint. The line that used to be here is gonna move. And the line that used to be here is gonna move. And so there's gonna be fewer properties in there that are out and are safe from an investment standpoint. This is part of what I'm talking about, anticipating what's ahead. How do you deal with that? I have other tools. We're, this is only the first tool. This is only the first tool. All right, Todd, would you go to har.com? I already had that open. And we wanna, yes, sir. So Richard, I'm getting a little nervous. <laughs> I don't want you. I don't want you to get nervous. Um, I, I want you to do critical thinking, and I want you to be calm, and uh, you're going to land the plane safely. Right, and that, that's why I'm here. You're right an experienced now, pilot. Of, you're going to land it safely. Instead of at home stocking up on toilet papers, so <laughs> <laughs> managing my risk. Touche. And I had the other portal open. <laughs> Uh, members only, not the members only, it's the one matrix where it says matrix next to it, to the right, up on the top tray, top tray, where it says matrix. Over there, the red pink button. Yeah, but I already have it open, so rather than open it twice, it's right there. Up there, where it says matrix. Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. So let's go back. Yes, sir. So I'm my, sorry. My, my question is, um, based on what you have said up to this point, I'm expecting that some communities, some subdivisions are have the potential to become ghost towns, right? Because if folks cannot afford their flood insurance or even their regular insurance, because I'm sure those rates are going to go up as these lines move, then do these areas then become uh, economic zones and only certain individuals with deep pockets can invest in those areas? That's why one of the reasons you might have a developer in the room who looks at what can I get those for their teardowns and they become lots for new builds. Yes, Pat. Um, so what happens in a neighborhood if you have a mortgage? and they now require you to pay flood insurance that's something you can't afford, 
does the mortgage company foreclose on you or? You signed an affidavit, not an affidavit, you signed an addendum at closing. All of us do it. To talk about what happens if flood insurance is now required and it wasn't required before. And what happens if it's more flood insurance, more property insurance, more insurance of any kind. Uh, a lot of people got hit by that uh, some years back when windstorm got implemented, right? So they went from a house that didn't have windstorm insurance to one that had expensive windstorm insurance, right? It's same song, next verse, guys. It's the same song, next verse. You are correct. I, I appreciate people connecting the dots about cause and effect. I agree with you. There are going to be some neighborhoods that the economics are going to change. They're going to change. And the scenario I can see is certain people cry an uncle and they walk away from their house and then some more do it and some more do it. And uh, then what happens to the people who remain? Where we, we've got tax base from a, from a city of Houston standpoint or Harris County standpoint. Um, there is pain ahead. And there's pain probably for people you know. And that's part of why we're doing this. Um, yeah, with the new insurance rates for houses like this, will they cover the cost of elevation? No, sir. No, sir. Ask the folks in Bel Air, Westbury, Meyerland. You guys are identifying news articles that are ahead. You're identifying stuff on the six o'clock news that are ahead. And the media is gonna take a position typically to paint it as dark as they can paint it, right? Because it sells advertising. They're in the advertising business. They just need stories that sell advertising. You know the and, sad part about they've known about these maps two years now. And they've been holding them back because they don't know how to release them. They've, they've been worried about releasing them for Kingwood they've been worried about releasing them from Bel Air because they're all going to be in the flood zone. Um, and they don't know how to release them. So one of my chapters in life uh, knows about this, some others know about this, is I went through the mold thing. I was a real case. My house should have been torn down. I was one of those claims. And um, what happened at that time, I'm not telling you that's what's going to happen here, but one of the reasons that uh, what went from millions of dollars in lawsuits and, and payouts by the insurance company, it totally reversed. It flipped. During that time, they stalled me with five different uh, adjusters, and they kept losing my file, quote. Well, what I found out was they were beginning to win in the courts. 
And what they used was they said that um, there's no benchmark. Some people get sick, bad sick. Some people, it doesn't affect them. Uh, how can we ensure there's no standard, there's no benchmark? And the EPA would not give them one, and that's how they won in court. They flipped that deal based on that. So um, I, I think there's going to be some with the standard if I were to look at precedent. Yes, sir. Yes, Ed. Uh, is this only residential? Does this also apply to like retail strip centers and many warehouses and other good stuff? It, it will definitely affect resale, uh, retail. You, you probably have seen stuff that flooded and water was up the walls this high and it's still sitting vacant. Yeah, there's... Um, Commercial's going to get to share. I've had people come to me with multifamily uh, projects, 240 units, and the bottom floor of all the units flood, and have done it repeatedly, and in very nice areas. So um, what I'm suggesting to you with all of this it's not to scare you, it's to get you to critical think, it's to make you be objective, it's to make you protect the people in your life you love. Begin there. And with your investments, adjust how you do things. So the question came out earlier about the flood map on the Houston Association listings, and I cannot see the arrow for the love of me. Where is it? Okay, thank you. So you can click on flood map and bang, go. Is that the same address? It's there. No, that's a different address. That's area X. No flood insurance, guys. That's a color you want to look for on the map today. Yeah, I heard somebody say that like they were Australian today. So um, you can zoom in and zoom out and look at some of the areas around. Uh, I could have done that before, but we're going to have to move through. Yeah, Rick. It's 500 plus two, but if that 500 demarcation changes, then... So your, your flood elevation certificate is good today, but may not be good 2022, right? 2021 or 20, whenever the new maps come out. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And with the potential delays, the way the mapping system is set up, they have the right to have periods of public comment, and they have the right uh, to do reviews. And so I'm letting you know that it's possible that you will not see that on the first day that they indicated that it might arrive. So um, this is why I'm saying to you, find some spots well out. Like there's this situation here, there's no flooding until you get some distance away. No, that's not the county line. Okay. No. 
So I'm going to suggest something else that you use uh, in the interest of time. We all know HCAD, right? Harris County Appraisal District.org. Okay. So remember I mentioned earlier about valuations and permits. Okay. So I like using the one HAR has because I have access to it. It is something called Realist. And I really can't click the button very well. Wow. It's a shame getting old. So um, this is a breakdown on the value. And if you'll notice in this case, the land is valued at 40 and the 207, uh, I mean the 167 right here, see where it says assessment and taxes, 2019. This is where you wanna look on HCAD, on Realist, on whatever tax tool that you use. You want to look in advance as to how that's assessed. If that's flipped and the values in the land, you know red flag beware. Okay, red flag beware. So, all right, number two there is the city of Houston's website. Uh, no, we're gonna, we're out of time. So there's the HAR and uh, the map next, that's the website for the mapping system that is in process right now. And you'll be hearing a lot about that in the days ahead. So now let's work our way down here. I'm glad I eliminated so many slides. Okay, so insurance. Guys, it's no longer gonna be a paint roller on a subdivision. And this is how they rate that subdivision. They're actually doing a risk assessment on an individual house because what's north of you could affect your house and on the opposite end of the subdivision, what's north of them may not have the same effect on their house. So uh, Texas A&M developed Buyers Beware and Todd, do you know where that is? It's in the tray. I opened it. It may be. There it is. Is this it? Nope. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. I was going to drag them. Double click where? Here. See if you can find the buyer's beware. This is the great site. Uh, it does four different risk assessments, and it's going to give you a forecast of what's going to happen from an insurance standpoint for that property. And it rates one through five, and uh, it goes from green to red. Red is five, you don't want red. You want greens, and you want green ones if you can. If you're trying to optimize the selection of that property. Would you go to Harris County? 
not double clicking, huh? There you go. Is it frozen or thinking or? Buyersbeware.com. Contemplating its navel. Uh, let's, there it is. Bingo. No? That was a tease. Yeah, I did that the first time, but I've never had to do it since. So now I'll go to Harris. Okay, 1811 Gardenia. Get me to the map, if you will. Yes, I did this before. Unless somebody else knows a house that is going to illustrate what I'm talking about. So go ahead and click on the blue. Yeah. Yeah, get the white bubble. Well, it's also slow in its refresh and its action, but what you do is you go into this website, it'll go right to that location. You click on the blue, it's gonna open up a legend with a description of that particular property. And it has four different risk assessments. Again, we're looking at pilot's checklist, right? This is before you spend money on inspections. This is before you write a contract. Okay, so let's do this, Todd. Let's just go down here. We're gonna go down here and just pick one of these that are in the fun zone. Yeah. All right, guys, rather than waste your time, I'm gonna go back to the slides. You're gonna get these websites and you'll be able to look. Uh, where is the slides? There we go. Thank you. Um, there's another map on here that I've added called New Flood Map. If you go on this site, this is the FEMA's maps, and it has parts of Texas, and our area is uh, coming to a theater near you. Okay. Is it all Texas? It's it's all over the country, actually. Okay. So property tax valuations already pointed to HCAD and what's on HAR. Then this is permitting related searches, and these searches are going to allow you to find out what's been done, what's open what is not closed, what will have to be dealt with after you acquire the property, okay? Or might cause you to not acquire the property, okay? And um, when I did the search on, on uh, a particular property and I emailed in to request, uh, they wanted to charge me $8.33 or something like that for the report three years. I considered that pretty cheap insurance. Um, 
and that's the number two item there. The other thing is on HAR's website, through your agent that you work with, there is the seller's disclosure. Remember the seller's disclosure has all those changes about flooding and also has that paragraph eight that goes into, did they permit? So if they answered that they, they, they did work and it's, uh, yeah, we permitted it, it's all good, and you go look and see, you may find that there's some contrast between the seller's disclosure and what's reported. Yes, sir. It says permit or will burn government. That's correct. So they can jump behind that other part. Correct. That more clause. Correct. Good catch. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, Chuck. Is that seller's disclosure a TREC contract? Or? It's part of the uh, Texas property code. It is required. As a seller, it's required. Is it a TREC contract? It's part of the TREC contract, but it's also... It's on TREC site and TAR. Okay. Yeah. So, and then if you have multifamily, you're permitting, you would also look at Houston multifamily. Okay, so that's permitting. This is something I've added as soon as I can get the mouse to get there. These are other resources that track the legal, uh, what's going on with that particular civic club, um, what's going on with regard to the major thoroughfare plan for the city of Houston. Um, and I talked about earlier that you could sign up for the plat tracker and have that information come to you on a regular basis so you could see the moves of guys that are playing maybe at a higher level and you might wanna be like that small builder who comes in alongside and benefits from the dollars that they're gonna spend in that area. Uh, it's the bottom one, it's number five, and the slides will be available, Pat, after this. Becky's gonna give you the information at the end of the presentation, so uh, to, to go on and get the slides. That's why I was saying when you were taking pictures, I mean, you're welcome to do it, but you'll get the whole thing. So I'm suggesting a revision of standard operating procedures for wholesalers, because you want to be able to sell your property, right? All right. For flippers, for guys who love to buy and hold, they're creating that future thing for their kids' education. and lenders, both public and private, in my opinion, uh, as this is understand, understood more, as it's exposed in the media, there are gonna be lenders that are gonna start getting some pressure by people who supply them money because they're gonna wanna know, is my money safe? And what are you doing to watch out for my money? It could be a unique selling proposition, a USP. So in closing, I'm suggesting that we use the tools before we ever jump out there very far on a property. I wouldn't wanna waste my time and go look at a property until I had gone through this checklist 
of items. Wouldn't even wanna waste my time looking, spend my gas. I'm suggesting that we be much more careful in where we put investment dollars, ours and that of other people that we're involved with, that we show respect to our investors and those who back us. And we demonstrate that perhaps by showing what we're doing to address these items might set you apart with other people who are competing to get investment dollars. The third thing is to look to the future. Oh, Richard, this one's 17 feet off the floodplain. It's out. It says no flood insurance, it says no risk. Is 17 feet gonna stand when they change the maps, guys? Okay. Number four, I suggest additional due diligence specifically regarding how are the tax values structured? Is it more toward the lot or more toward the improvements? Be careful because this could affect your permitting. Understand that they'll look at the cumulative permits. They'll look at the value of what needs to be done to that property. Do a lot of people do $50,000 on a property in rehab? All the time, right? 75, 100, all the time, guys. So could this be a pitfall for some people who are not expecting this to be a pitfall? And then um, just the permit side of it. Understand the city is now enforcing and they will be increasing their enforcement. So beware of what you are willing to take responsibility for and sign your name in when it comes to those permits. And then the last thing, if it's in the city of Houston, if it's in Harris County, in my personal opinion, if it was my money in Fort Bend or in Galveston County, I would pay for an elevation certificate. Um, What else did I? Richard, have? so um, some of the other counties were gonna is gonna they're gonna be following after they're gonna imitate uh, after Harris County. Correct. So, uh, They'll have pressure yeah. because this is gonna be considered a higher standard, and the citizenry are gonna say, "Why aren't you following those same standards?" So even if you, th especially if you're gonna do buying and buy and hold and planning to do it for long term. Um, don't don't feel safe because it's outside of Harris County. A lot of the things will be changing. So it may change your exit strategy plan. This is the major thoroughfare plan for the city of Houston. You can get that on the website I mentioned earlier. Um, this is a little interesting thing about gentrification uh, that uh, talks about the changes in the susceptibility of certain neighborhoods. When people go to invest in certain areas, part of what they look at as a strategy is, why don't I go in and buy that house, make it rent ready, and hold it because the lot is 7,500 square feet instead of a 5,000 square foot over here. That is one of the forces behind gentrification 
why people move their money to invest in those areas. You agree, Mike? So if I if if Hector invites me back, I've got about another 80, 90 slides that go into <laughs> it's actually true. That go into what's going on with major development and what's going on with uh, what they call flood resiliency and how that might impact property values. Every change creates an opportunity. It requires, what do people tell you in the stock market? The people who make money are can, who can suppress their emotions, calm down, and think through the process, right? And they can make money when things are up and down. Up and down, absolutely. Either way, they can do it. And sometimes they can make more going down. Than make it faster. Up. They can prosper. Make it faster. I'm suggesting to each of you, if you'll do your due diligence, if you'll work through the slides, if you'll think through it, get counsel, pray, for real, I'm suggesting to you that these changes could be the greatest financial opportunity for you that you've ever had in your career. Thank you for your attention. For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.